Happy October to all. The Don, yeah, the Don is smirking as he produces this podcast. We wonder why. (laughs) Gary is in his happy place filled with all manner of books. And Blaze is beautiful as always. And we are going to apologize before we go any further. We are actually recording this in two separate states. The... The recording gods have messed with us today, and so we apologize for any dings and rings and anything else you might hear. So I am Sandy from Gemological Esoterica. And I'm Linda Strohshane of the Mercury Academy. And we are two dozy broads. That's all right. You, you, that's all right. Go ahead. We wanted to start out this month's podcast with a bit of time travel back to the 1950s and early 60s when Halloween masks were made of horrible bits of plastic with slits for eyes and tiny, tiny holes to breathe through. A far cry from the the friendlier and more elaborate outfits of today. I, I remember, too, they'd send a shopping bag with you and... It was always wet or rainy or whatever. It, that was way pre-pillowcases. Now all the kids carry pillowcases. But and you'd, you'd walk down the street and there'd be a trail of candy because the bag would have burst. And who, somebody, the father, the mother, whoever, would have to run back and capture all of this candy that, that was crawling out of the bag. So, and, my, and my parents, my father was usually working. Uh, evenings, but my mother would send me out with the neighbor girls who were about eight and 10 years older than me. And they would have to watch me and I'd fall over, you know, they, they didn't really care if I fell over something or whatever. And those damn masks, I am not kidding. You know, the, the little tiny holes and then it'd, it'd move and you could, if you were lucky, you'd see out of one eye. Oh, those were awful. Those were so awful. Oh, they were they were terrible. I remember one year I was going to be the princess, and I I took princessdom very literally. Mm-hmm. And so off off we go to to Woolworths, ah. and there we are. And I get the costume, which is this this little sort of a dress with the uh, the sparkles glued on. Oh, it. yeah, yeah. And I bought the mask. I still remember it. It was the little, the little blonde, uh, the little blonde uh, hair, and it had the crown on it and all of that. <clears throat> and I take this home, and it turned out Halloween was, as usual in Minnesota, going to be this cold, festering time. Just crappy. They were always Just- crappy. And so I get it on and I put on the mask and you, you feel, you feel like Darth Vader. Yep. There you are. And I get it all on and mommy says, put on your coat. I don't want to put on my coat. I'm a princess. Princesses don't wear coats. And she looked at me with her, you are not going to die of pneumonia on my watch. (laughs) This is the late 50s, so you know that one. And my coat was a a red and black check. Oh, wow. Uh, it wasn't wool. It was kind of, not not polyester. You know that was. Oh that, yeah, it was. It was a wool blend back then. Okay, it would have been a wool blend. And I'm looking at this red and red and black and white check coat, and I said, "Princesses don't wear this coat." 
And she said, we're not buying you another coat for Halloween. (laughs) I looked at her and and I'm making my, my, my terrible face, but she can't see it because they have the mask mask on. Yeah. And she said, you're, you're not going to wear that mask. You like, you're talking about you went out and fell over. Yeah. My mother, you're, you're not going to fall over. I have to wear the mask. I'm the princess. And so I ended up wearing it like a hat. Oh. <laughs> a, two, a two-headed princess. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even think about that then. And then I'd pull it down when I, oh. when I would get to the house. But it was, it, was the, it was most crushing disappointment of any Halloween because oh. I, I took princesses seriously. You see the Disney princess with her long flowing hair and her gowns and all that. And there I am in the black and white and red check coat with this little mask going <laughs> <laughs> in a costume that was probably flammable. Oh, I'm sure. And... and Everybody had all of the, they had the pumpkins. With the candle, with the candles in them, yeah. Exactly. And that that goes into uh, how did we ever grow up with our clothes flammable and our parents smoked. But, but no, it was, it was, it was a really devastating Halloween. It was not my, not my happiest moment. And I'm sure there are people listening who have their own, their own devastating Halloween stories of, it's, it's how you learn about life. It's, That's right. It's one That's right. Crushing. You're, you're laying there on your back dressed as a princess while the neighbor kids walk away. Yeah. And oh, and they'd leave, they'd leave you too. Yep. <laughs> In your neighborhood, it was more country there. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was. And who knew? Who knew what would come and uh, and take you away? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, the wol- the wolves took her. That's okay. Yeah, really. <laughs> next next year she can go as a wolf. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But you see, then then the the your your wolf mother would not have let you go out with a crazy crappy mess. That's like right. That. That's right. She would have been more. She would. Well. Oh well. What can we say? So that's what makes us strong. That's right. So anyway, that I'm sure everybody, as Linda said, I'm sure you all have your stories. You can you can remember them this month. So (laughs) what would the podcast be without a family story? And this Uh, month, I would like to tell our listeners about the Paper Shredder Chronicles. (laughs) Now, my parents had my father would build everything. It didn't matter if he could afford it. If he could build it, he would do it. And one year he got a wild hair uh, and he decided that he was going to make a limb tree shredder type thing, and which he did make. And huh? they put a few branches through it and it worked just fine. He couldn't put anything big through it. But my parents had saved every single check they had had for about the last 30 years. And oh, wow. My my mother had said, we need to buy a paper shredder. And my dad goes, why? Well, to, to shred checks. Well, he went and he said, let's put them through the paper shredder. That will, or the, the branch shredder, that will work. Oh. So I, w- I did happen to be at work, although I did see the aftermath. Uh, <laughs> they started putting boxes of checks into this tree shredder thing. And of course, everybody is see, around here. Everybody has seen Fargo, the movie. So you know, you know, you know what kind of things you can put in paper shredders. We will not go into that. And apparently, the first box or two went okay, but 
Then all of a sudden it started spitting out huge gouts of checks all over. The, and this was in the front yard, all over the front yard. And were you there, Don, for that one? You, we were both at work. And so there were these huge gouts of checks. Being, and my, my mother was running around collecting them, but she didn't have anything to. Anyway, it was a mess. So I decided for Mother's Day that year, I was going to buy my mother a paper shredder. So, yep, good idea. So, because the other one had been such a fiasco. (laughs) So, I bought her a small paper shredder and I gave it to her for Mother's Day. And I was was actually bail bonding at the time. And I get a call because I, of course, had cell phone back even in the late 90s. And she goes, that paper shredder you gave me doesn't work. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, it clogged up with the first piece of paper I put through it. And I said, what did you put through it? And she went, a paper towel. And I said, what are you doing putting paper towels and paper shredders for? And she said, well, I wanted to see if it worked. And I didn't have anything without getting out of my chair. So Don had to go home uh, after, you know, that. And then he had to clean it out and open it up. And we had to explain to her that paper shredders were not for paper towels, toilet paper, you know, big, big, huge gouts of checks that she was probably still trying to get rid of. So that is my paper shredder story. So anyway, so. Yep, yep. So anyway, I think you are going to now, we're going, we're going to become more serious and you are going to begin to speak on All Hallows' Eve, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. The, 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 the holiday is actually very ser- serious and has absolutely nothing to do with uh, the crushing disappointment of princess costumes or loads of chocolate. But uh, it is a time when the door between our plane of existence and what we could refer to as theirs is ajar. It's not wide open. It's just slightly ajar. This is a time not to to not do anything risky this is a time to behave yourself do not do anything sketchy because the blowback can be intense and so if somebody says oh come we're going to do an all hallows ritual i don't care who they think they are you are far better off going and having jello shots at some stupid party than you are going to any sort of All Hallows ritual and possibly ending up with a little friend. (laughs) Or two, or two, or or three. Or two, or three, and getting rid of them. Uh, it's, It's like the old poem, I have a little shadow that comes in and out with me. Uh, This is also a time, the Celts knew this for for a fact in their world, the ghosts of the dead may visit. You get what in our family we call curb service. They Mm -hmm. come and see you. And uh, so you you may have sightings of Great Uncle Fudd or uh, Grandma Boo or whoever. They they may show up. And it, it may also be relatives from way back. So you may look at them and say, you're not one of mine. And they look at you and say, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> you're not one of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. Are you one of mine? Prove it. Also, it was a time of bonfires. Now, the bonfires were lit to push away and to get rid of evil spirits. And so a lot of times when you go to uh, the old world, you go to England and 
Ireland and Scotland, and then over into parts of, of Europe, France and Germany especially, you uh, very easily, unless unless it's very dry and you can't have fires, will we'll have bonfires because they cleanse the atmosphere. <clears throat> now... The Druids, one of their one of their jobs at that time of year was to go from house to house on All Hallows Eve and relight the fire in each home. Now that was like the uh, the professional would come to your house and would relight your fire. So your fire was put out. They relighted, and that will guarantee protection from uh, evil, and it will also. Uh, metaphorically give you warmth of your home during the coming cold months. And so it, it, it gets your home ready, kind of like how you get your furnace checked in, uh, in the fall for winter in Minnesota and Wisconsin and all these other cold places. This is what the Druids would do. They'd go from house to house and they would make sure that you were ready for the season. That's cool. Uh, yeah. What, so did, what did you have to give them in return? Well, part of it was the it was part of the service. Okay. And there were things you did for them all year. Okay. Okay. So it it was kind of like, well, you were born and you bought a contract. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and unless you did something way beyond sketchy, something truly into diabolical, or you really defied their powers. Mm hmm. Then uh, you you had a, a cradle to grave service, ah, and okay. it, it worked very well. Uh, maybe sometime we'll get into some of the things that you did that uh, would make a problem. Uh, one that was a side problem was if a child was growing up and uh, had way more skill, just. Uh, naturally within the child than the uh, than some of the available druids there 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 were druids who would be known to be very unpleasant of that child ah. but uh, then also kind of like obi-wan found luke skywalker right, right there will always be someone who'll say hey this kid is the future we have to take care of him. Ah, okay we have just a little thing on apples ah I know that we did a class years ago about all of the fairy tales and things like that. Bobbing for apples is actually an ancient fertility rite. So, oh, wow. so be careful when you go bob. What you do with your mouth on Halloween, you know, you go bobbing for apples. Well, part of it was the Romans were big on their fertility goddess, Pomona. And uh, she was the goddess of gardens and fruit trees and things like that. And uh, apples were one of her, one of her cheap her chief fruits, okay. cheap fruits. Okay. Well, it was also a cheap fruit because it would it would grow in those areas, and so this and apples will are are the uh, late summer into the fall, and that's what you have with uh, with her. It's a it's a celebratory thing. Now the Celts bring in their fertility goddess Brigid, and she's also the uh, the goddess of whether you call uh, November first. Imbolc or Salmon or Salwin or whatever you call it. <clears throat> but she's the goddess of that time of year, and so apples are sacred to her too. So what you're doing is you're invoking the fertility goddess, and that's what you're doing if you're out there bobbing for apples or doing anything with apples. And so if you're not going to do anything and you want to do something nice and not naughty, uh, do something with apples, even baked or 
in, in a cake or in a pie or something. But, but don't throw them at anybody. Do not throw them at anybody, or God knows what's going to happen to you when the when the hour strikes midnight and we, we get the, we get this little door ajar. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's what I have. Oh here. well, thank you, thank you. And I have a couple of stones that would be advisable to carry, especially the end of October, like the last half. And uh, the first one is flint, and flint has a tendency to drive away negative energy, the little bad ghosties and ghoulies that hang around. Uh, the best places to put flint, other than if you want to carry it, carrying it is wonderful, uh -huh. is to just bury a little bit uh, by the front door and at, you know, oh, at beforehand, add a little energy to it to, you know, that tell it what you want it to do. And, but just, you don't have to have a lot. You can, mm -hmm. but you can take and just, you know, if you've got a garden out, you know, near the front door or whatever it is, but just put flint because that helps drive away hauntings and negative energies and all the little ghosties and ghoulies that run around the end of the month. And now, then, a, yeah. A question. Uh, if you're not an outdoor person with, like you're, like we are, we're cliff dwellers. We right. live in an right. Uh, where would you put that in your home? I would just I would just put it in a bag and like I maybe hang it on the door the last couple of weeks of the month, or oh. you could put it in a little a little bowl by the door by the you know you don't uh, have to do the main you don't have to do the main door of the apartment because people are going to wonder when you start throwing flint all over the place. I've got uh, a I've got a uh, I have a. Uh, a broom hanging on the outside of my front just, door. Just take I, and I put a piece of flint on it. Yep. There we go. There we go. I It probably wouldn't even care if you hot glued it onto the broom. So, uh, <laughs> but like I say, charge it up good. And then ah. this, the second one I have is smoky quartz. Mm -hmm. And smoky quartz provides stability from odd, weird, weird energies. And it's especially good if you're going to be doing any Halloween, All Hallows' Eve celebrations so that you do not get out of control. What a good idea. Yeah, it has a very much an earthy grounding energy to it. And it's simple smoky quartz, you know. People sometimes, these are two really, really common stones. You could go walking outside anywhere just about and find a piece of flint, not smoky quartz, mm -hmm. but they're, right. but like I say, if you're going to go to a party or whatever, and you want to make sure you wind up where you're supposed to at the end of the night, try carrying smoky quartz and also carry your flint. There's not going to be anything wrong with it. Uh, mm -hmm. Hand out your, you can hand out your flint to other people. If you have the pieces are actually pretty reasonable. Same with smoky quartz. Give them to your friends. If everybody's going to go out partying, give everyone that, everyone one that will take one from you, you know, because obviously you would have charged it up. Maybe not everybody's going to be a believer, but if they will take it, do that. So those what are my two stones for the month. What a good party favor. Yeah, there we go. It's, In, it's, it's responsible energy on Halloween. Yeah, who who knew you could do that? Who knew? Yeah, who knew? So there. Well, dear listeners, there there we have it. We wrap up another month, another podcast. As always, if you have any questions or comments or extravagant praise, please contact us. We have a Facebook page, Nudge Nudge, named Two Dozy Bras. 
where I give astrological tips. Sandy posts some things on stones, like the things you've heard today, even more than that. And we post what classes still have openings. So look us up. Look us up. You will have to... You will have to get approval, but just just ask for approval. We we pretty much let anybody in. Very rarely well, have we kicked anybody out. So <laughs> we let ourselves in. Yeah, we really, boy, and we're the worst there is. So yeah. So on behalf of Don, Gary, and the Blaze, we remain Linda Strohshane of the Mercury Academy and Sandy from Gemological Esoterica, and we are. Two dozy broads. Goodbye. Goodbye.